Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and I'm very excited to dive in today to a topic where, being that it's um, a complete snow day here in the Northeast, I think is very relevant because when the snow falls, all I think is of stillness and quiet and it's time for reflection. And we're coming off of um, a show I did last week called Taking Stock, And I'm really sorry for anybody who called in and were expecting some good stock market tips because I had my dad on the show who is my special guest and he's my very special guest and we are totally the two wrong people to talk to about that. So it was more about taking stock of your life, doing a review, seeing how... um, what you've done in the past and how you can kind of correct that into the future. And we kind of dove into hearing a little bit about my father's experience being a father of two daughters and also being a working father and and having his struggles with the work-life balance and the sacrifices that he's had to make in his own life and career decisions in order to basically be the provider of the family. Now, my dad obviously grew up in, in a different time where it was much more acceptable and the norm to have a single income family and they were able to work it out between my parents of um, where my mom stayed home and raised us and my my sister and I and my dad went off to work and he would work really really long hours but even though he was absent he was still a really big presence in my life and my sister was right on cue and called in and we had a really great time the two of us talking with my dad and hearing how he he managed that and how he struggled with it but also really seeing how important it is to have a strong paternal figure in your life um and it's a matter of no matter how little or how much you're present it's just to be present when you when you can be and um Obviously, the character of a person, especially in a, in a father figure role, makes all the difference, especially to daughters, when they go out in the world and seek, um, seek boyfriends or, or a soulmate or, or a husband. So thank you, Dad, for coming on. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. He's a total natural on, on the radio, and I'm sure he'll come back again and again and again because I've been getting such positive feedback, um, my friends who know and love him just know and love him and could listen to him talk forever, and now I'm just happy to share with with um, the listeners in, the, in my world of Mama's Pearls a little bit of, of my father's wisdom and viewpoint, which p- puts together the pieces of who I am and why I'm here and where my where I got my vantage point from. And as we'll go along, I think either next week or the week after, sometime soon, my mom's going to come on the show. And um, my mom happens to be a therapist. She wasn't. She was an educator. So I'm basically a product of a of a working dad who um, happens to also drive a truck and you know, a truck driver and a therapist. So I make for a very interesting mix, and it kind of works today because a um, little bit under the weather, and I, I feel like my voice sounds a little bit closer to Fran Drescher than my my normal voice. So if the nanny side of me really comes out, just 
just enjoy it because it only happens a, a few times and I can really get into that. Um, so with that said, last week our pearl of the week was try again or not. This week we're basically taking the next step into ourselves in establishing a quiet time. Now, a lot of times when you're taking stock on your life, a good way to do that is to be quiet. But I see that there are so many different forms of um, of ways that you can do this and do an assessment of your life and of yourself. And meditation is one combat tool for that. And I really feel like one of my main purposes in doing doing this show and speaking to everyone is to really bring spiritual concepts back into your daily life. Like, I feel like at one point, spirituality was much more of a core central to our lives, um, down the line in our ancestry, and it was really a vital source for people to understand and make sense of the world and really use the survival skills, one for for your body, two for your mind, three for your spirit, and then four your outward connection with nature. And living in the modernized world that we're now in, I feel we've kind of lost touch with that, even though the information on spirituality is completely completely abundant and out there. And there's so many great resources. There's so many great people who who live and work and breathe this space that really you can do intensive trainings with and get one-on-ones. I'm not going to go into intensive trainings. I don't feel like that's that's my role to do. Um, but I do want to, to share and express um, and maybe reintroduce you to some things that I feel that could really benefit you as a parent or just a regular person and also as well as your children. So I want to invite people to call in today. I'm going to be talking with my special guest, Melissa Van Rossum. The call-in number here is 347-327-9450. And I want to remind everybody again that you can always find me at on um, on email at mamaspearls at gmail dot com, or on Twitter you can follow me there, which is sintweet c y n t w e e t. So when I was putting the show together today, I um, I've been back in touch with with somebody who I've worked with in the past who does really really terrific work on her own and is also a working mom and quite a successful working mom. And we've been emailing, and she also has a radio show here on Block Talk Radio, which is called Divine Success. And we've been exchanging notes and kind of found like a newfound um, camaraderie in this new space of radio. So when um, she shared with me a story that happened with her son, and I thought this is a really beautiful topic and kind of plays into what I wanted to focus on today, which is really which is really about incorporating meditation and different spiritual practices into your, the lives of yourselves and your family. And it's so hard in this day and age to really unplug and find that those few precious moments of, 
of quiet, basically your tentacles as a mom. And um, I think last last May or June, I did a blog entitled um, Out of Hands, and it came from the vision that my cousin shared with me, which was when you're a mom, you feel like you're holding a stack of spinning plates from each hand, the top of your head, and each foot. And in order to basically, your role is to basically to keep them from, from falling, so you have to constantly spin one, and if your left hand one starts to wobble, you have to get that spinning again, and then you have to keep in mind on what's happening with the one on your on your right hand, and as you're holding that, you have to spin that again. And I think it's really relevant when when you're a mom and you're constantly juggling these plates and keeping everybody above board in your household, um, you're basically the one who's in charge of making sure your kid gets lunch, making sure there's food to give them lunch, and going out shopping and managing that as that's considered one plate, as well as the relationships between your kids, especially if you have more than one, the relationship with your husband, your relationship with your friends and your social lives. Most of the women and the moms that I know, they they run the social calendar in the household, um, not the men, unless the men have like regular scheduled golf games or poker games or, you know, do their do their thing. Um, but as far as arranging like the family schedule and making the plans and planning the parties or attending the parties and then getting the gifts for the parties, this is primarily in, in the mom's corner to do. And it's, it's really not easy. And I've said it before on the show, I really feel it's important for moms to remember moms and take time out for themselves. So, so so this week on on quiet time, it's really to remember that you know when you have so much chaos going on, and, and by the way, I only talked about the mom as a mom role in the household. I didn't even get into the other layer of working working parents and then dealing with your dynamics with your families, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you get the point that moms got a lot of a lot stacked on their already spinning plates. So. When I was thinking about today, it's like, okay, how do we step back? How do we bring it into our own awareness as moms? And it came to me the power of being still and being quiet. Because in that quiet and in that stillness, your souls really roar. So in stillness, our souls roar. And what I mean by that is your true power and core, especially as women, is being in touch with yourself and being in touch with your emotions, in touch with your intuition, and learning how to access that pretty much at at any time. The more you can have that your inner voice, um, which speaks to you, and know you're not crazy, you're not schizophrenic, even though a lot of times it could seem that way, um, you're not. You're really listening to your your inner guidance. And your inner guidance and your inner wisdom always has your best interest at heart. And that extends, when you listen to what your best interest is, it usually that extends to your family's best interest and then outward from that, your friends and loved ones and everything else that you're doing. So bringing it back home and bringing it back to center and learning to align yourself with that that wisdom of yourself can only really amplify your power. So taking a few minutes a day, and I'm not talking about before you just like, you know, there's a difference between being quiet and doing a meditation versus just passing out on the couch. Although you can consciously before, if you know I'm just, 
totally pooped and I have exactly one minute of awareness time before I'm going to pass out, take that time and just be quiet and just relax and let go of judgments and see what comes into your space. I find it incredibly hard when I'm trying to meditate and get quiet to basically shut up. It's really, really hard to to turn the mind off and leave the spinning plates spinning on their own for a while so I can take a break. But it's so vital to our own our own um, sense of centeredness. And again, a, hop, a happy mom calls for a happy family. So when I was thinking about this, Melissa Van Rossum, who is our special guest today, was, had shared a story with me, and I really want her to share it with you. But to give you a little bit of perspective on Melissa, Melissa is an accomplished author. She's a success coach and a speaker. She has already written two acclaimed books in the body-mind-spirit genre, which are called All You've Ever Known and Their Way Home. She's now working on a new book called Spiritual CEO, and it's going to be coming out this spring. Um, this spring, and that's so exciting, Melissa. I want to hear about that that too. So Melissa actually has worked for over 20 years in corporate America, and she basically has worked for both public and privately held companies, and then she started her own firm, which basically then grew to become one of the largest companies in her niche. But her real desire and her real inspiration is also helping other people and businesses to reach their own highest level of success and fulfillment. And she uses her own natural intuition to basically guide her clients through this process. So in that, she also takes an awareness of once you're happy with yourselves, then the success is going to come because the success is just an outward extension of your inner success. So she's counseled celebrities, business owners, executives, industry leaders, you know, everyone who's really in a position to gain deeper insight, clarity, and awareness, and to empower their own lives. She's also a regularly featured speaker, and she's been featured in the in the media, magazines. Again, she has her own radio show, and she's appeared on numerous other shows and television specials. And I'm very happy to introduce the audience of Mama's Pearls to Melissa Van Rossum. So welcome, Melissa. Hey, how are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Well, it's my pleasure, and I should tell you, I'm over here giggling. I'm hardly able to contain my giggles when you're <laughs> describing the life of a mother and a wife and a friend. Oh, my gosh. It's true. I was just thinking the other day about my husband, and I thought, you know, he's gone an entire 24 hours. He has no idea what his children have eaten. Right. He has no idea whether or not they got their vitamins. He has no idea what they're wearing today. <laughs> he has no he idea has... what he grew out, what they grew out of and need for next week. <laughs> <laughs> they grow like I mean, dogs. Yeah, just the uh, sheer amount of information that we have to keep up with, and and then to retain our center in the midst of that that force, that um, that high speed trek that we have to we have to maintain. It's it's quite a feat. It really it, is. It is really the hardest job on the planet. 
And for those moms out there who do it with grace and do it, like, pulled together and, you know, still with the makeup, like, I can't, I can't relate yeah. to that. <laughs> I don't remember the last time, like, I reached for my makeup. But I will be bringing in my, my friend Bonnie, who's a total hot mom, to talk about that and help us all. <laughs> I will definitely have to listen to that Right? One. It's amazing. But, yeah. You know, in in that chaos, we find you know that there is a there is such a vital need to still be within your center. You know, it doesn't matter it what, what you wear, and it is your your life force. It is your your vital connection. Without it, you can be you can be completely adrift. I know in my own experience when I was when I was young, when I younger, right, younger, um, I was a teenager and. I grew up in a very religious family, and so there was no real platform or encouragement for honoring your intuition, for for being authentic. It was more about following a set of rules and a set of guidelines, and my life got quite adrift, and it, and it ended up really taking me to the brink where I was literally deciding, do I want to stay or do I want to go? And I think once you've been there, and you've decided that you do want to stay. I know for me at least, from that point forward, I I decided I never want to get to that place of overwhelm again. Okay. And so my life took on this very different cadence of a real commitment to being authentic and a real commitment to being connected, to uh, have a conscious connection to guidance all the time and to be able to use that in very practical ways. And so when I was embarking on the path of motherhood, I decided ahead of time, I'm going to do this in a way where I can be successful, where my children can be successful human beings, where our family can be successful. I'm not going to try and do everything at the same time. I, I want this to be a very deliberately happy experience. And meditation is a big part of that for me. I think the the thread word of being connected, it's so easy to get disconnected where, you know, from yourself, from your husband, from your kids, from what's going on right in front of you. And mm-hmm. it's so important to be as present as you can. And when you're home, you're home. When we're talking to your child, you're talking to your child. You might have a million other things going on in your life. But being able to truly focus your attention in that one moment, it, that's really that's really hard. And it seems silly in a lot of ways, but it's not. It's it's really it's really hard. You're carrying so much around, and this goes both for the moms and the fathers. Um, you know, fathers traditionally are, are the breadwinners, and they have that much more pressure on just providing for the family and to making sure that there is food on the table. So when I see my my kids also kind of getting lost in the busyness, I I really want them to understand that it's just as important to have quiet time. And, um, you know, kids are so overscheduled these days and so busy, and it always feels like they have to do more, they have to do more, they have to learn more, they have to be reading by two years old, they have to... You know, like the expectation of development has sped up 
Um, and we're, yeah, and we're constantly trying to keep up with the pace of, of technology and, and advancement. And that's, that's a lot for these kids in this day and age, in any day and age. Um, and as you progress and grow, it's just the, that stress just grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we don't, um, we go, we use the Waldorf school system. We, that's where we send our kids to school. And it's a, it's a media-free environment. And, and it, it also embraces a much slower pace for the younger children. And I look at my neighbor's kids and I look at my friend's kids and, and I look at their media diet and how much media they take in during the week and how many hours of television or video games they're taking in. And these children are just, they're not in their bodies. You know, they're so focused on the next soccer practice, the next dance practice, the next whatever practice. I mean, my kids are involved in a few practices and hobbies as well, but but as you say, the overscheduling is is problematic for most kids. Right. And these kids are just not at home in their bodies. They're very distracted. And kids, you know, too much stimulation for children, I think, is, is a, has a really negative impact on their ability to be happy kids, mm-hmm. which ultimately has a negative impact on their ability to be happy adults. So we take it really slowly in our family, and you can either chalk that up to wisdom or you can talk it, chalk it up to my limited ability to handle any more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very very firm and very deliberate that our lives, at least our family life, be very laid back and very casual. And even though my husband and I own our own businesses and and there's a lot of pressure with that and you certainly can't be laid back when you're running your own business, with your kids you can determine how much activity they're going to have and how much input they're going to have. But even in, even in my kids' laid back world where they get a good two and a half to three hours of outside playtime every day. They don't have television time. It's all about using your imagination, creativity. You know, they have they have really good days. Um, it can still be a little bit overwhelming, whether you're talking about driving through traffic or just whatever happens in a, in a kid's world. We started implementing some meditative time in my seven-year-old's world, I guess when he was about five. And... And I did it because of a story that actually my massage therapist told me back when I was pregnant with him. And she was telling me about some friends of hers who, from the time their kids were, I guess, about three, she had begun to implement meditative time in her children's lives, which my massage therapist thought was horrible. She thought, you know, why would you want to create some restrictive time in such a young child's life. You know, are they really going to understand what they're doing? What's the real benefit here? And so forth. And then as her friend's children got older, she said, I realized here they were teenagers, and they had had thousands and thousands of hours of meditation time already in their life. And she said, I really couldn't deny the benefit of that. And when they're young, when they're four or five, and maybe it's just a minute a day, and you're teaching that child how to 
you're teaching that child a skill, you know, just as you would teach your child how to properly brush their teeth or how to properly wash their hands or how to hold a fork. Teaching them a skill that will last them for the rest of their life, which is to carve out some space, reconnect, do some breathing, that's also a skill that will last you for the rest of your life and bring quite a bit of benefit into your life. The benefit of clarity, the benefit of reconnecting, the benefit of being able to get insight and direction. And it's a skill that bit by bit, year by year, it builds upon itself and I think gives quite a bit back to your children. So I thought that was an amazing idea. And we actually tied it into our kids' allowance each week. <laughs> so so it's true, I do. I pay my kids to meditate. But <laughs> it's one of their I, it's one of their chores. It's one of their chores. But my you know, my seven year old, he's seven and a half now and he really enjoys it and he just we we ask him to do seven minutes a day. And it doesn't happen every day because some days are, you know, you don't want to interrupt the bowling game to say, okay, honey, time to meditate, or the time on the play set or his time with his friends. So it doesn't happen every day, but it does happen several times a week. And for a time frame that's no longer than seven minutes per session, and he's really just, he's got the... um the form where he sits in uh, a cross-legged position. He puts his middle finger and the pads of his middle finger and his thumb together, and he knows immediately to go into some very slow, deep breathing, and he just begins to relax. And if you really tune into his energy during that time, you can see the rest of his world begin to fall away, mm-hmm. and you can see him and feel him begin to reconnect with who he is. And if that's a gift that I can give my child that he will remember for the rest of his life, then I have done a good job as a parent. And that's really what most adults need to recover is a sense of who they are and why they're here. And when they get out into the world and they're faced with so many different decisions and choices and identity crises, to be able to come back to that center is a skill that most people don't have. Right. Well, I think people there, I mean, there's a lot of great information in what you just shared with us. And um, and again, Melissa, I really feel that the um, the distractions, and I love that you say the media diet, because um, that's what we are on is basically controlling how many how many hours a day our kids are watching TV. And now that you said that, I'm like, okay, my kids have been upstairs now watching a movie <laughs> <laughs> as we speak. Um, but you know, with the with the busyness factor, like I love engaging my kids in appropriate activities, and you know, the activities do enhance other development and cognitive functions, but there's one thing to to do something and there's another thing to really be engaged in what in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I really say like the busyness factor is really when the moms and the, the kids, it's kind of just like you said, like it's almost an unconscious, you know, schedule where they have where it's this, that, this, that, and the kids just yeah. kind of do it, but there's no real connection. There's no like spirit in their eyes. There's no... Yeah. Um, spark that goes, you know, I think all of 
all of parents out there want to find the things that are really going to turn your kids on yeah. and really going to engage them and you know get them to smile and get them to enjoy it. And that doesn't mean that what they're doing is necessarily going to be easy. Putting right. together an art project or learning how to play on a team sport, that's not an easy skill to acquire. And it takes work and it takes, cha- you know, and it's challenging. And as they get older and it's more comp- becomes more competitive, there's more there's more to that process. But it's really about, you know, being present in those moments from activity to activity to, to get the most benefits out of it, not just to do it. And right. when you're home, it's um, or even when your kids are away, it's building in those skills and um, just part, having a part of your kids' routine to have quiet time and to have mm-hmm. downtime. Mm-hmm. And I really want to caution um, our listeners from keeping that practice of meditation and quiet time very separate from giving timeouts. Timeouts we've kind of started to use in our in our parenting skills and our you know resource belt as moms as a punishment where you're taking a kid out of a situation where they did something bad and giving them a timeout. Usually you give them the number of minutes for the number of age for the right. age of the child. So if your right. child is two, you give them two minutes in a timeout to basically sit there and think about what they've done. Sure, right. the kid is sitting, but he's sitting there for a negative purpose. Right. The meditation I see this is completely you know, separate and distinct where it's a very personal personal practice to each individual who meditates. You know, nobody's right. going to do it the same. Like I said, there are so many different ways to meditate. And even the simplest form is really just teaching the child to get back to their breath. Mm-hmm. We take our, our breath for, for granted. And there's so many different types of breathing techniques that you can do that will benefit you. I mean, yeah, you've got to just breathe through the day because that's how you're, <laughs> you're going to get right. oxygen. And without your oxygen, you're just going to die. Um, but, you know, to really enhance the benefits and there's different ways of bringing in the breath if you want to do a body scan and, and work on just healing your body and there's different ways when you're focusing on, on an intention and then there's also different meditations you can do for healing, there's mm-hmm. different meditations you could do for knowledge there's different meditations you could do for connecting with your spirit guides and these you all learn over time as you um, develop your meditative practice and um you know, so what I'm really curious about is where do you start with your child when, when they're three, when they're four, when they're ten? You know, what's the basic introduction that, like you did with your son, in saying, okay, this, this, is, this is quiet time now. You know, mm-hmm. how do you introduce that to, to your children? Like, what are, what are the basics? Right. Well, I actually started... Uh, you know, I've I've been meditating for years and years, for decades. And so when I was pregnant, I meditated every day. Mm. And, you know, what's funny is I did a lot of yoga when I was pregnant. And I had a little yoga video that I would pop in every day. And, and after my children were born, when I was still doing some of the same yoga and the same song would play, you'd watch them kind of perk up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would get this little smile on their face. And I thought, you know, they probably remember how happy I was when I was doing yoga when I was pregnant and how that was such a, just a really joyful time in my day, you know, 
it's probably quite a pass through to their existence as well. But I I would meditate when I was pregnant, and then when they were infants, I had them in my my lap when I meditated, and so it just made this a really natural process. But when I actually started talking to my oldest about it, I've always used the word meditation, mm-hmm. and he's never. I mean, he initially he said, "So so what does that mean?" and and I just tell him, I just say, you know, this is a time when we're going to, we're going to reconnect with who we are. He says, okay. He never <laughs> once asked me what that is and what that what that what that means. Well, kids he, are he, so he open. Just, and they're so open. So you open. don't have to explain a whole lot because I think even if they don't entirely get the words, they get the energy, they get the meaning of it. And so I said, well, let's just do it and I will do it with you and I guess we started when I don't know he was three or four and and I said look we're just going to do this for three minutes and so I set the little leg timer and sometimes it was you know he's really just focusing on how he's sitting and sometimes he's really focusing on his breath and sometimes he's messing around with which finger feels the best against his thumb you know and it was Mm -hmm. it was play and I just kept bringing his attention back to his breathing. And I would say, Grantland, remember, let's close your eyes. Let's remember to do those nice deep breaths. We're just going to breathe in and out through our nose. And it just became a very natural thing. And then through the experience of it, through the practice of it, he really began to enjoy it. And so sometimes he will ask for me to sit there with him as he's gotten older. Sometimes not. Um, I always keep him within eyesight when he's doing it, so that his attention doesn't turn to Legos or, you know, coloring or something. And he does he does a really nice job of it. And now his little brother, who's four, is <laughs> is beginning to practice as well, and he wants to do it right along with his brother. And really, it's for the the importance of it to me is to give them the experience of connecting within and however they choose to do that later in life is their choice but now what I want to equip them with is that experience where they know what that feels like where there's a space in their life it's a deliberate quiet time it's a it's a conscious time of reconnecting and that's a skill that's a skill you have to teach them how to do there are also a lot of mandala coloring books out there Mm -hmm. which is a very Mm -hmm. meditative practice you can download them free off the internet we bought we actually bought a book and we make xerox copies of the pages and there are probably 50 different mandalas in there and that's what we do in the car Uh, sometimes we'll do that at the house if they've gotten a little rambunctious and it's time to quiet down. I'll sit them at the table with crayons and the mandalas and it becomes this very meditative practice for them where they begin to calm down and and go within. So there are different things you can do. You can also have some yogic practice with them where uh, there are lots of books out there that describe yoga, uh, yoga as uh, in, ter- in child language, like it's not about flexibility of the spine, it's the bumpy camel ride, you know. <laughs> they describe the different exercises in, in ways that are fun for the kids. That also creates a, a connection within. Mm-hmm. So you can start 
anywhere at any time for any length of time any it's all going to bear benefit in your child's life yeah the the mandala coloring books are are great and thank you for um for bringing that up i was i was out in sedona a couple of months ago with my mom and i found a bunch of the mandala coloring books in a bookstore and i brought that home for my kids so those are awesome yeah no that's that's great and yoga is certainly certainly a big part of it um and they are starting to do more yoga in the kids classes you know one time i came home you know or my son came home from school and i saw him like going into downward facing dog and i'm like what 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 are you doing and um there's more and more uh, yoga centers available now um that offer mommy and me type classes So, I mean, that's really great. But, again, it's another activity to go and be engaged in. Mm-hmm. And um, in bringing it back home, during the last snowstorm here, there was a blackout, and we basically lost power for 24 hours. And luckily it wasn't it wasn't freezing. And I love, I love that, when the power's out and we light candles, although when I was lighting candles around the house, my kids were blowing them out and singing happy <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Great. So like them, it became a, a birthday, you know, happy birthday game. Right, yeah. So um, it's just like their Pavlov dog response to seeing a lit candle. Right. Um, so after I got them to to stop that it was really just nice it was dark and the candles were lit and we just basically sat around on my on my bed and held hands and I was like okay we're just going to be quiet and they were like so excited and yeah. we just sat there holding hands and I was like okay close your eyes and they both closed their eyes now breathe my my little one went like she's like blowing out a candle (laughs) (laughs) and my my son started started breathing you know doing like the meditative breathing like i think it's such a natural thing for us and i remember when i was in um college was when yoga was was starting to go more more mainstream and I remember I, I was already doing those poses just in my, my exercise. I mean, I've always been the type where I needed some physical activity. Like my mom remembers when I was younger and I just would get like all pent up and I would throw in and do like the Jane Fonda videos like three times in a row because I just yeah. needed like that outburst. Yeah. And I you know started doing, you know, I would always do like different poses and meditations. And when I started discovering formal classes of yoga I realized that I was doing yoga all the time so I think our bodies are kind of programmed that these are are more natural um, poses and things for us to be doing right and you mentioned meditating while pregnant and doing yoga while pregnant and I think that is such a beautiful beautiful time to to start um, to really get quiet and really just listening to your body I mean your body is just such a power plant when you're pregnant it's it's mm-hmm. really just it's amazing mm-hmm. and you're not consciously doing much when you're pregnant i mean you right. you you ha- you control what you eat you can control your exercise but your body is working on creating a life like right. hello right. <laughs> if there is it's a lot of work and it's also like last week when my father was on and I was calling him my creator, I was serious in that like your parent we create life. There's nothing more godlike that we can do on this planet than create life like that. Mm-hmm. But when I was meditating with my my son, 
I you know, I was also kind of getting into wanting to check out like who he who he was. And especially before I knew it was a boy. Mm-hmm. And I would really try and like focus in on on the fetus and there was such a block there. Oh really? There was such a block. Like I got a sense but yeah. it wouldn't let like I couldn't like probe into who and what it was and its life purpose and this kind of thing. And when I was talking with my mom, and I'm actually rather lucky of having to grown up under my mom's tutelage because she studied all of these things for years and years and years and years and years before it became popular. And um, so I've kind of always had in-house training. And its spiritual conversation has always been been part of my daily life. I mean, I remember like talking to my friends about some of these things. I'm like, what? <laughs> but for me, it's it's natural, and I'm happy to see that more and more people are open to it. And so when I was telling her that experience while meditating, that I couldn't probe, and she was just like, "There's a boundary there. You're not supposed to know." Mm-hmm. You know. So um, I think that's an important point to just bring up as far as like respecting the boundaries as a parent to when your child's taking on their practice to honor their space and not to go probing it. It's one thing if they want to come out and talk about an experience they just had or talk about like some thoughts that they had while they were meditation, meditating or some images, but if they they don't, it's it's a really personal process and there are boundaries and, and guidelines there um, with with children and with yourself. Yeah, it's a very sacred space and it's it's uh, I think it's or at least as I see it with my children the purpose of it is really to to show them how to very deliberately create a space where they can connect with who they are. Right. So as they grow up, life does become more chaotic. You're faced with all sorts of decisions and choices and distractions and and once they learn that skill, they can turn back to that. They have a they have a very deliberate experience of it, and they'll never forget it. They'll always be able to come back to that. Um, we were out the other day. We went to see an exhibit, my my eldest and I, and we were having a fabulous time. He's a great date. <laughs> I take him to all <laughs> so the. Cute. He is. He loves art. His appetite for all kinds of art really rivals mine and we had gone out to this to this exhibition and we had a wonderful time we came back we had a little bit of dinner spread we had spread out this blanket we were reading books and having a little snack and he kind of sat up and he said I just realized my stomach hurt or my tummy hurts a little bit and I said okay and so we talked about that and and he said you know I'm so busy during uh-huh. the day, he's very busy. You know, he's in first grade. So busy <laughs> the during the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, having fun and playing with my friends, and then we do things when I get home. He said, I just don't notice how I feel. Hmm. And he said, it's not until nighttime when I really begin to notice that I have a growing pain or that my stomach hurts or that my head hurts, you know, something his, his attention comes back to his body, and he said, uh, well, we began to talk a little bit about how important it is to feel what you're feeling, to notice what you're feeling, and he said, you know, I should probably have some time during the day where I could 
pay attention to what I'm feeling that way, it wouldn't all happen at once at night when right. I get quiet. Right. I thought, how wise, how brilliant, <laughs> what a beautiful message. Yeah, and I hope that educators are listening to this and realize the importance of bringing these practices into the school because their kids are at school longer and longer and longer. You know, the hours are growing longer. The the um, expectations of performance are just continually increasing exponentially. And the pressure is on these kids, even in first grade. They need to meet certain requirements so they don't move on to second second grade. And if just it would just be just so beneficial and probably enhance performance. I'm not. I'm not saying that from any studies. I haven't conducted any studies myself, and this is just coming from my own personal experience from understanding the true benefits of these practices. But I think it would just be so beneficial to incorporate yoga and meditation and and quiet time. You know, they have rest periods, but it's not. It's not the same. It's just you know letting the kids kind of like pass out or hear a story and. Um, and that's the extent of, of the quiet time. Well, you know, he takes a little karate class uh, <laughs> twice a week, and at the beginning of karate class, they have a few moments of meditation. Mm-hmm. And the, the the teacher does a very deliberate meditation with them and has them visualize a blank sheet of paper. And... Now, again, my son does not have a busy schedule. He's not in a high-pressure school. He's allowed a very carefree childhood. But a lot of the kids in there are just busy, busy, busy. And, you know, some of the five-year-olds in there are doing fractions. And anyway, don't even get me started on that and how our school system doesn't allow our children a childhood. But um, anyway, they're required to visualize a white sheet of paper and then he tells them, as your mind begins to wander and you think about your math class today or you think about one of your friends or you think about the fact that you're hungry or you think about the fact you want to go to the bathroom now, just bring your attention back to that white sheet of paper. And these are five, six, seven-year-olds. And so they're beginning to learn some really useful skills for centering themselves. And that particular meditation, I think, is really useful for kids who do go, 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 and mm-hmm. they're not accustomed to just having the space to be quiet. And that, that quiet space can be really uncomfortable for people who are either wired to go or their diet, you know, they've had a lot of sugar intake or um, food dye intake or whatever that would lend them to a, a state of distraction. This gives them something to focus on and, again, um, helps them to have a little more clarity and uh, a, a space where they can reconnect. Right. It's so important. Well, just um, parenthetically, just switching back to something I was thinking about in my, my work life, remember somebody was asking me, you know, how can I tell if somebody I'm negotiating with is not being honest or, or is lying? And one of the things that, that struck me is that they, they can't stand the silence. Oh, yeah. You know, they can't let the silence fill up the space. Yeah, I well, we just did a, uh, I just did a show on that last week. Interesting. Yeah, on divine success. And we were talking about, well, because all this information about John Edward, uh, the right. former senator, had come out, and, and Tiger Woods, and, 
you know, being able to tell whether or not someone is telling you the truth is, is right. a real skill. Right. Can you and, tell people where to find you? Yes, they can find me at allyouveeverknown.com or therewayhome.com. I have a new site coming out soon. It'll be melissavanrossum.com. And you can also reach me at melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, at allyouveeverknown.com. Great. And also, when when does your show on Blog Talk Radio air? My show, Divine Success, comes on Friday mornings, 10 o'clock Eastern Time. And we have a show at least once a week. Right. Great. Yeah, I mean... The the power in the silence is just is just amazing. And um like I say in my my blog this week that deepening your quiet practice will turn up your inner voice. Mm-hmm. And that little bit of inner wisdom that we all have, it really speaks the truth to you in only a way that you're meant to understand it. That's and, a really good way to put it. And, you know, I have this book coming out this spring called Spiritual CEO, and I counsel a lot with business owners, business leaders, industry leaders, celebrities, and they're constantly trying to, well, rightfully so, they're trying to figure out what that right next step is, whether they're in the midst of a relationship conflict, a business deal, uh, a chaotic marketplace, and they're trying to figure out what that right next step is in the face of all this conflicting information. Mm-hmm. and one of the things I have to bring their attention to is how dis- how distracted is your life? How much time are you spending right. watching television? How much time are you spending texting? How much time are you on the phone every day? How much how much time do you give yourself the space to to tune in? And one of the stories from the book is let's say that something uh, really fascinating happens in the world. People know to run to their local uh, cable news channel to, to flip on their computer or their television and they will sit still and they'll tune in mm-hmm. and they'll sit and listen. Mm-hmm. And they would not think, if they're trying to get that information, they would not think of sticking their earbuds and cranking up their iPod and surfing the Internet while they're trying to get that information. They would not think of distracting themselves during that time. They know exactly what to do in a very earth-plane way on right. how to get the information they're seeking. Right. And when it comes to getting information that's a little more esoteric, really the only, the only discomfort comes from a lack of practice. And you have, so I ask them to come back to this realization of, you know, if, if this is a skill that you really want to have, if you really want to use your intuition in very practical ways to lead you to new heights of happiness, success, creativity, whatever your goal is, then it has to become a practiced skill for you. You can't just try it once and say, oh, well, this, geez, this is very uncomfortable. You're going to be tuning in the same way you would tune in in a very earth plane way. It's just to a slightly different frequency. And then, of course, through the book, I go through a lot of different ways that you can uh, practice and use that uh, become practiced at that ability but it's 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 a lot of the same stuff that we're talking about today and how you need to begin developing that muscle and developing that skill so it's so important mm-hmm. um one of the questions i always ask my my fellow parents on the show is the work life balance and how do you cope? I remember you know, speaking to you a couple of weeks ago, and you were basically saying, at this point in my in my in my life and in my career, there's only so much that I can take on because I know I need to devote time to the business I already have and to my children when they need me. 
Right. So you're one of the well, few people who are very clear in that. And what's how? <laughs> I, I am very clear in that. And, you know, it's it's sort of a hard-won realization because uh, astrologically, for anybody who's who's keyed into that information, I'm a triple fire sign. So I'm wired to mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. all the time. And sleep is quite naturally sort of an interference to me. It's like, oh, can't we just do something more? <laughs> Wouldn't that be more fun? Oh, God, I'm but so opposite. I need my sleep. <laughs> I sleep about four to five hours a night, and that's it. And anything more, and, and oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm bored. I'm incredibly bored. But what happened was when um, you know I built my business very early in life. I was in my 20s. And on the, on the inside of eight months, I was a million-dollar company. And then we grew exponentially after that because I just loved it. I was so passionate about it. And, and I didn't have kids. I wasn't married. I had a dog. She was very portable. She came to the office <laughs> with me every day. You know, I didn't have to do anything else but work. And I loved it. I'm, just, right. I'm wired for it. And then when I got pregnant, which was a very conscious choice, um, I got very sick and I could not go. Hmm. 24 hours a day, I could not go. <clears throat> Excuse me. In fact, I could barely do anything. I, I was so exhausted, and I was sick for nine months. It was terrible. And then my delivery was very long. I ended up with a surprise C-section, which was, again, very exhausting. And I thought, you know, I think I'm learning a very valuable mm-hmm. lesson. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, this is a different stage of my life, and I can either do this the hard way or I can do this the easy way. And so I'm very blessed in that I do typically have a lot of energy. I, do, I don't need a tremendous amount of sleep. I have an appetite for uh, learning and achievement and, and forging into, into new areas, which keeps me moving. So, but primarily, my de- you know, life has seasons. And right now, this is a time for me to be the mother of, of young children who need me. They need my energy. They need my attention. And in that I have a lot of energy, then after they go to bed, I can still work for four or five hours on something that makes me happy, which right now is writing new books and, and um, you know, launching that material out into the, into the marketplace. But I have to recognize that when you're a mom and you're you're the mom of of two beautiful young boys, that's a time that doesn't last very long in your life. Right. And I think that life is a marathon. I I don't think it's a, a sprint. It's a sprint, you know. And so you you can do everything. You just can't do everything at once. Right. So you have to really enjoy and appreciate what you have on your plate at the time, and and then that brings you so many gifts that you can then translate into the next season of your life. So I try to really pay attention to these gifts that this time and the gift of being a mother and the gifts that my children continually bring into my life so that I can do this with grace and and move from this stage of my life into the next stage of my life when they really won't want me around as much. <laughs> uh, exactly. And I'll That's be able exactly to exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be able to incorporate what I've learned about myself and life now into 
into that stage, and hopefully that'll be a very graceful transition. It will be. It will be. You're you're extremely extremely conscious and aware, and I'm sure that your both your kids. And I've met your husband before, and I know he's a very aware partner in this, and that your kids are growing up with awareness, and that's 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 ninety percent of the battle. Um, I know you need to go back to your your regular life and your day job. Um, before we say goodbye to Melissa, though, I want to ask you. Um, it's another thing I asked my my working moms in um, reminding them to take time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And when you take time for yourself, what is what is the luck your luxury indulgence? Uh, two things, um, which are, may sound a little shallow, but um, baths. I love baths mm-hmm. and facials. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's supposed to be shallow. <laughs> oh, good, good. Then I'm right in there. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, baths, there's something about being in your bathroom. People just don't bother you. Mm-hmm. And and that's um, a sacred time. My wait, wait, wait. Is, is that a stage that's acquired? Because mine's like an open-door <laughs> policy in my bathroom. <laughs> that is not I, quiet time for me. <laughs> Oh, mom's in the bath. We're going in too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, truly, when my kids were really little, it was sort of a community thing. But now that they're a little bit older, you know, seven and four, a little privacy. That's so nice. (laughs) I I do. It's it's a bath. Is is just it's a wonderful, uh, very sacred, private time. My husband understands that you know the kids are not to bother me during that time. And then I have this wonderful facial lady she she operates a practice here in atlanta called dermaculture and god bless her she takes a really long time with my (laughs) 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 and you get to lie down on this very comfortable bench and i swear i'm there for two hours right and and it's it's just rejuvenating and so I don't know if my skin looks so fabulous because of the work she does or just that I get to lie down for it two hours. It doesn't matter. You get to lay down for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> that is indulgence enough. And, and honestly, when you get your when you go for facials, um, when I go for facials, I, I always do a tune-in then. Oh, yeah. And I do a check-in to basically, like, let her bring up and release or stimulate any toxins that need to go, and I consciously focus on that. And I do that usually in the beginning, and then I'll just be quiet and try and just, like, enjoy the experience of it. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, try it. So, Melissa, thank you again. I just want to one more time remind people where to to find you and to remind people that um, your book, Spiritual CEO, is coming out this spring. It is coming out this spring. I'm very excited. I'm excited. It's uh, allyouveevernown.com, A-L-L-Y-O-U-V-E, allyouveevernown.com, and theirwayhome.com, and soon there will be melissavanrossum.com. melissavanrossum.com. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. I know if you wanted to um, pop off to to go get your little one. And I'm going to close up the show, and I'm sure I'll be talking to you. Thank you again, Melissa. It was great, great, great to have you. Thank Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was Melissa Van Rossum, and as you can see, she's just, She's just awesome. She has her head on on straight and is extremely conscious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
in what she is doing both professional-wise and as a mom. And um, you heard her say that she lives down south. I mean, it's it's harder in in busier places and busier cities to take such a low-key approach. And um, but it's not impossible. You know, I live here in New York. I'm not in the city. I'm out. I'm out on the island, and it's still it's a quick and pace anywhere in New York. Um, and it's really so important to remember to take that time. Remember to breathe. You, you know, don't focus on everything at once, one at a time. So Mom of Pearls this week is going to remind you to enjoy your children, enjoy your family, and breathe. Get some quiet time. Again, if you'd like to email me, I can be reached at Cynthia at MamasPearls.com. On Twitter, I can be found at Cintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. You can find the Mama's Pearls blog at www.mamaspearls.blogspot.com. And if you want to listen to any of the past shows with my other special, special, special guests, you can go to the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Mama's Pearls. Next week, I think we're either going to have my mama or my um, my pseudo-older sister. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you next week on Mama's Pearls. Thanks so much. Have a great day.